Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Detroit Dart Talk. We're here in the studio today with Tim Wool, Connor McGeffey, and myself, Eric Shellman. Uh, unfortunately, Tom isn't with us today. Uh, he's doing important things in his life. He's studying and, uh, and really trying to better himself, which is the right thing to do rather than be hanging out with us to record a podcast. So we look forward to having him back next week, and uh, you'll get the fourth member of this crew going on. So let's start it off and uh, go right into projects we've been working on. Tim, I know you've got quite a few things you've been doing, so go ahead. Yeah, so if you're following our Instagram, which you should, go follow our Instagram, uh, you saw a, uh, a couple pictures of uh, me getting some of uh, uh, my uh, goodies from Out of Darts, and that allowed me, allowed me to uh, finish up a uh, desolator that I had been working on that I put some... Uh, some uh, goodies that I brought home from End War in. I uh, got uh, the uh, uh, flywheels that I brought uh, that I got from uh, the containment crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were uh, those were a great choice for the desolator, right? Yeah, the, the uh, window in the desolator uh, shows them off perfectly, and then uh, also in there is the uh, the motors that uh, uh, Foam Blast uh, had made special edition for. Uh, and war as well and which unfortunately you can't see no but uh you know you're only going to get one side or the other uh, without a lot of work do we know anybody who offers a a back plate so you can even see the motors is that is that a thing i hear greenhouse is working on it and i don't think it's quite ready yet but, mm, okay uh, yeah. you have to watch his shop because that's something that's coming before too long i think okay cool so and then uh, another project that i've been working on uh, and i posted this to uh uh, the FDL user group recently was uh, my project Rubber Duck. And uh, this was something that uh, started uh, floating around in the back of my head because of the uh, horrendous weather that uh, mm -hmm. we were playing in at, at various points at uh, End War. Um, but uh, basically a raincoat for my FDL. Right, well, the End War thing, I want, I want people to know about this because you didn't just have a, a raincoat. You had something kind of special and everybody... <laughs> Everybody, at least around us, knew, you know, commented on it. Yeah, so the the weather was less than desirable for uh, a majority of that in war. And uh, uh, at uh, dinner on, on uh, what was it, Friday night, we uh, went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and our host was gracious enough to let me take home a, a plastic bag so that I could protect my, uh, my uh, quite expensive blaster that... Uh, Jesse and Jackie did an amazing job on. So I was out on the field on Saturday most of the day uh, rocking the, the FDL uh, rain poncho uh, mm -hmm. with the Buffalo Wild Wings logo all over. The hashtag it. branding poncho, yeah. That was pretty funny. But it was perfect, right? Yeah, it, it worked well. Uh, yeah. But you couldn't see the amazing hydro dip job that Jackie <laughs> um, put all over my FDL. So I... Uh, once I was back home after end war, I started uh, trying to figure out a way that I could come up with something um, that uh, was functional as well as a little bit more fashionable to show off the FDL. Um, Perhaps even a little more durable than a plastic bag. A little bit more durable yeah. and reusable, the, uh, the Eagle Scout in me. And uh, I came up with Project Rubber Duck, which uh, utilizes um, plastic... Um, uh, painter's drop cloth as well as uh, flex seal tape to create uh, a somewhat fitted 
um, removable and reusable uh, rain poncho, for lack of a better term, that goes over the FDL. Uh, it, it's not a, uh, a watertight seal, but it does cover it and protect it from the worst weather that, you know, you might act, you know, anything that you might actually be out playing in, it'll protect it from the, the majority of water that would get into the circuitry and, and the flywheels and whatnot. Yeah. You had, you also had something about it that I, I don't really understand exactly how it works. And I, this is, I, I want you to explain it to me because I don't, I don't know exactly how this, how this, uh, can even can even work, but you added a faux barrel oh, that yes, aligns okay. into the blaster somehow, and I would think that barrel would be flopping all over yeah, the place. How does that? I'm glad you brought that, that up because that that is a pretty integral part of the design, and I'll I'll post a couple of pictures of it to the um, the Instagram page. So uh, on my FDL, I have the um, the Ammo Connor Mark II scope, I believe it is, and part of that uh, for the FDL, there is a uh, barrel end cap. And inside that is the the black ring that holds the um, the IR beam for the actual ammo counter, which is a it's just a little ring that goes over a piece of um, worker barrel material. So what I did was I'm I'm sliding the worker barrel material in through that um, that IR beam ring, um, and then through the uh, painter's drop cloth, um, so that the dart goes through the worker barrel material and is not getting hindered in any way by the drop cloth. Yeah, and kind of a neat, that makes a lot of sense actually. Kind of a neat thing if I remember correctly is that, that piece, the, the IR beam holder um, from Ammo Counter is free. You can just download that on Thingiverse and, and print it. So if you wanted to use it, you could, you know, use this this type of uh, sealing method, keep the rain out. That particular part of the um, the kind of the centering pieces yes. has no charge if you can get someone to print it for you or print it yourself. Yep. That, yeah, that's pretty cool. Nice. And uh, anything else, or that kind of wraps that up? Uh, that's everything I think I have to talk about today. Cool. Connor, what you got? What I'm working on, uh, this podcast space, so I apologize for all the outside noise. We're in a, not in the podcast room, which is not acoustically treated yet or soundproofed yet, as but, well as ooh, the room we're in. It looks good, but it still, still needs a bit of work. But yeah, so working on that, trying to figure out the proper equipment. You're listening to this on the Zoom H6, which is basically a receiver. So now I just need to get the right microphones plug into it so you can hear us all individually and clearly <laughs> but uh no basically doing that the youtube channel and uh running a business so this week and i'm pretty excited about it we got z13 is this now is this the third one or fourth so one this will be one? the third uh, official z13 official our first one was really just end war prep and, yes and then z13 kind of grew out of that yeah True. that's what yeah. i thought yeah so yeah. super pumped about that and just kind of Rushing to get things done. I always feel like I'm in a hurry, but yeah, that's basically it. Just yeah, we we had to take a moment to decompress before starting today. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing though. It's a good thing. We're all in a little bit happier place. But I hope that ambient noise that you maybe heard in the background earlier um, that just adds to the realism. Exactly. We're yeah. in an industrial warehouse in Detroit, and authentic. There's, there's noises. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I I do want to point out one thing. Um, did you talk about the shop at all getting the store set up 
Oh, the store? Uh, yeah, so that is still coming around. Uh, it's basically physically done. Just maybe a few and, more And tweets, it is a physical store for the Dark It's a Club. physical yeah. store. The next step is to make it an online store, but I'm finding I'm putting a lot on my plate, so let's, um, that's moving itself a little bit down. One step but it's down. an important thing that I want to nail down before the business gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and all of a sudden we throw that in the mix and we're a little overwhelmed. So it's good to start that while it's kind of a small ish business yeah it kind of looks like almost like a dj station and then you know the palette displays make it look like a like a part of the nerf arena too it's a lot of palettes it's a lot of leftover lumber from when like the floor got delivered and stuff so i've been very creative with what i have around me and uh just painting so we have sigourney weaver from the aliens poster on the wall and we got a stormtrooper i might do one more but not sure what yet but yeah, just trying to make it look good. So that's that's important. That's a lot of work too. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, but work. progress has been made, so that's 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 good. Nice. And I'll uh, go ahead and talk about some of the projects I've been working on. Uh, again, with the the blaster shop, trying to get that rolling. Not trying, actually getting that rolling. So um, the scar barrel we talked about briefly last week. That's that's pretty much done. But I want to have a couple products ready when we launch officially. Um, so. I picked up a rapid red and I realized it, you know, I've heard all these people talking about how it needs, uh, it's really hard to take a bigger battery and it doesn't have a space in, it doesn't have space outside or in the battery door, but it has a, you'd have to embed the battery inside. So, um, using my FDL battery as a reference, I wanted to make an extended battery tray that could fit the same battery I use in the FDL and I did it. And that's going to be one of the products on the shop. We basically ended up enlarging the space that the battery can go in to the max, which happens to be exactly the same as the height of this, uh, this uh, nanotech battery that uh, is used in the FDL. So that can fit in there. There's a bit of space for the wires to go next to the battery. And it, uh, just, it's got a couple more fine-tuning steps to it before it's ready to go. But that one, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I happen to have some purple PLA just to test it in. I'm a big fan of PETG, just, you know, mechanical properties, and I want things to be able to be accidentally forgotten in the car and not melt. So, um, you know, the PLA is looks really nice for prototyping, though. So, big fan of that. Uh, and another thing is, um, Tim he Tim got a hold of a PowerStrike 48 through, uh, I don't know how he got it, but he got one. And maybe he'll tell us about that some other time, but... The PowerStrike 48 is this crazy-looking cool blaster, and if you haven't seen one before, um, I think we'll post a picture uh, with, once it's done, we'll post a picture to the channel uh, so you can see what has gone into it. But uh, I modeled up a set of aftermarket flywheel, or a not a set, but a flywheel cage that fits inside, uh, mounts to the existing blaster points, and or uh, mounting points in the blaster, and holds modern flywheels and modern motors. So 130 size cans go into the back of it and adjusted the crush to get down to fit a modern dart. And that's, that crush is uh, 43 on this particular model. So it's, it's going to shoot just about that 130 range. We'll see. We're going to do some testing on it, see how it goes. That one's not, not completely ready yet. might need a little fine-tuning. But I'm super excited for this. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, that's revision four. Uh, Tim's got it in his hand right now. You can just imagine it's a black PETG cage, 
and uh, it, it actually printed pretty well. I got a, a different brand of PETG to try, and that made all the difference in the world. I've, I've struggled with PETG in the past, especially the cleanup. Um, it actually, I have to, in the past, I've had to use a bit of glue to separate it from the build plate because it sticks too well, but this new stuff has just about the right amount of adhesion, um, and I've got, at least for the settings that I like to run, so... That uh, you know updates in the future as that progresses. So hopefully we've got a pretty cool Power Strike Forty Eight uh, that's going to be playing in games and uh, tearing it up with modern darts and modern technology. Yeah. So Thing, things to come. Things to come. That's right. So and let's move on to the next section. Dun da da da. <laughs> Recent nerf events attended. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot going on uh, that I've been involved in, but. Tim's gone to a pretty big event, so why don't you go and tell us about that? So, uh, I was I had the opportunity to go down to uh, BG Undead's uh, Hollywood Undead uh, event. Uh, it was a few weeks ago again uh, at this point, and that was a really solid event that they put on down there. Um, I think uh, they uh, were not anticipating uh, so many people to get turned as early as they did, so the, the uh, humans who did survive uh, to final stand had a really rough go of it, um, but there uh, there was some really interesting uh, gameplay styles. Uh, Mission 2 is uh, where I ended up getting turned, and that, w that was a very interesting one. The, uh, the mission that uh, they had designed, um, they, they brought everybody out to this big hill, and the humans had, uh, I think it was 20 switch plates that they had to get humans on and all occupy for, I believe it was a period of 15 minutes um, that the humans had to stand on these switch plates. Um, and then that would open up a switch that they could then press and get a item that they could then take the objective back to the point that they needed to get it to. And in addition to having regular zombies and I think there was a tank or two that we were dealing with, they also basically had what... Are you, are you two guys Doctor Who fans? Mm. I, I don't not, dislike I know, it. I, I know about it, but so, I Do you know what a watched. weeping angel is? Yes. Okay. I actually do I know do not. All right. So a weeping angel is a uh, entity that is... They call it, it's dimensionally locked. So basically, if you are looking at it, it is just a statue. But the second you look away, it can start moving. And it, it attacks you. All right? Oh, that's so terrifying. The, yeah. And that, exactly, <laughs> it, it's one of the most terrifying things in the entire Doctor Who universe. And so there were two of these. It was basically that exact mechanic. It, oh, if you were looking cool. at it, it would not... It, come at you, but if you stopped paying attention to it, it could come at you and it could tag you. I think we got to incorporate that. In so, yeah, it, it's something really, I've considered. I really like that idea, yeah, actually. Really cool. So, cool. in yeah. addition to having to pay attention to the regular horde that was out there, and there were a couple of tanks moving around, from coming from one side, these two weeping angels were moving around within the switch plates. So you had mm -hmm. to sometimes mm -hmm. take your attention off the tanks that were moving around, and the zombies that were orchestrating rushes to pay attention to, oh, you're, you're a weeping angel that's standing only a few feet away from me. I'm going to have to watch you and hope that the tank isn't coming right at me. Or, oh, there's a rush of zombies. I now have to shoot at you. 
So, That's crazy. So how do, how do you know what a weeping angel, angel is out there? Uh, they had actually had a vest on, and then they had some makeup under their eyes. Okay. So uh, all, And that's one thing that BG does that's really cool, is all of their specials actually wear safety vests, so that it's very clear that they're a special mm-hmm. infected. Maybe we should look into vests. <sighs> I, I could probably get us those. You think so? Oh, yeah? You got the hookup? Yeah, I got the hookup. Sweet. Oh, good to hear. I was yeah. like, oh, Amazon, but you got the hookup. I got the hookup. Excellent. I will look into that. Um, so, the Weeping Angel got me. There was a rush. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. How fast? So, <laughs> not that like you could that. tell, but how fast did they move? They it was walking only. Walking only. Okay. So. And mm-hmm. and. Oh, I think I mean, we should do you, it where you can run. You. They <laughs> were moving. Yeah. You, you you could see them moving throughout though, like they only wouldn't target you, so you could see them moving. So they'd pick someone. Yeah. Kind of like the tanks. It seems like they tend to pick someone. Kinda. So. But uh, this was one of the better uh, HVZs I've been to. Um, uh, Judah, who was one of the moderators at End War, she did the safety talk at End War. She oh, was, she was great. Yeah, she was the head moderator for BGN Dead. And this was one of the best I've been to. Um, it was a little unbalanced, like I said. Um, they, I don't think they were anticipating so many humans to... Get turned so Who early. said the nemesis ruined HVZ? Here's, uh, your, oh, count- dude. Here's your counterpoint. <laughs> so I was, I'm glad you brought this up because there was a guy down there that had a nemesis with a 900 round hopper. Uh, and I tell you what, this thing. You sent me a picture, right? It looked I, like I, scuba tanks it did, on it the did. thing. It had like I, rounded. I have never bits. felt that the nemesis broke. HVZ until I went up against this thing. You, you couldn't get close to the guy. He was one of the few that made it to final stand because he literally had, I think he, he told me he timed it, and he on 3S LiPo, which it shoots, it has a faster firing rate than a Prometheus stock, mm-hmm. Has he had almost three minutes of st- sustained fire. <laughs> it, it's, it's just unrivaled. Oh, oh my god. And we're going to end the podcast there. <laughs> Didn't even see it coming. Just like that weeping angel on you. Yeah. No, it, it, uh, it, it, was, it was pretty bad. It, it was, uh, Your joke was pretty bad. So, um, um, but, so what do they think? You think that in the future they'll be like, you can't do that? I mean, I really don't know what they could have done to to counter it to counter it other than shields maybe even i mean they're they had shields that they were allowing the zombies to use but i mean their shields are are rather small Mm -hmm. they're uh the the mats that you use they're their shields the Connor uses. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could do the shields from uh, like End War, like those giant ones that they had. Yeah, but I mean... Moving plate of wood. <laughs> or just be like, dude, like 300's the limit for rounds. But I mean, then you're you're building entire game rules into a game on the off chance that one person is right. going to bring yeah. a 900 round hopper. And so that guy figured it out, basically. That guy figured it out, and he spent, I think those that mod is, is it's like a $300 part or something. It's 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 a very expensive part, and that guy just happened to And the it. amount of rival rounds he probably lost, you know. So he, he had to commit a dollar. Yeah, right. how, how many rounds did you guys play, or was it one? 
So there were missions. I guess missions, yeah, I missions. Missions. it was it was comparable to Endworth. I think there were two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and then final stand. Okay. Did it feel like in terms of feel like Endworth felt long because you're always on your guard. No, so they and they do it of... where there's amnesty in between missions. Uh, okay. So okay. It, it's not as on guard as Endwar is. Yeah, Endwar, especially that, plus we'd get to the room beforehand. There was a lot of kind of waiting time that really kind of, that dragged down. How was this one? Was there that waiting time where you're just waiting in a classroom? No, this one was a, a little bit better paced. Okay. And That's Endwar, a, I think, a game design topic. Yeah, yeah. Endwar, I think, was a little bit um, slower because of how many people they had. Yeah. yeah, this one was a little bit better. Hmm. So, but yeah, it was definitely one of the better HPCs I've gone to. Very cool, Connor. You've uh, you've attended some Nerf events lately, I think. <laughs> Just Endor, really. <laughs> Right? Every day. <laughs> Do I have a... Oh, you've been, atten- you've been attending... <laughs> oh, you mean every day, yes. You've been, oh, yeah, I forgot about As in that. the ones I host, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've been getting all kinds of groups in. So this is the time of the year, especially when kids are back at school. Our weekends are very kid-heavy, and weekdays are a lot of corporate outings, so we get a lot of big groups in here. Last week, I'm trying to think what happened last week. A lot. But a lot, yeah. This it. weekend is really busy, um... Yeah, it yeah. It's what's cool now is like we get a lot of kids that come in here that have seen the YouTube channel and even some parents who like watch it with them so they like kinda know what they're they, getting they, into. Well they're like they're like, Oh, this is the guy that started and it's like it's cool. I, nice. I enjoy that and the last video I haven't posted it yet, but uh you know, kids would come up to me like, Can I get a shout out? And it's like Yeah, sure. You that's even cool. got that at Endwar. What's that? You I did like three guys, you witnessed one of them. What was that yeah. kid's name? Jason or something? Or yeah, I, think so. I can't remember. But yeah. Cool. See the one I'm excited for Endwar next year. Yeah. I'm really excited. Endwar next year is just going to be, you know, it's going to be the next Although time. we don't know where where it's going to be exactly, right? Or... I swear they've they've unofficially announced it in comments on Reddit and things like that that it's okay. going to be in the southeast. It's yeah. going to be We're we're going to hear officially soon. They they've already yeah. got the moderator um, form out there. It's we will know before too long. Yeah. That's the sure. impression I get because whenever someone asks, I saw a post on Reddit and Drack came in and commented, and it's like, everything will be announced shortly, you know, but it's, everyone's excited. You can already feel, we're still talking about it, and they're about to announce the next one, and, you know, we're months past it. It's such a, such a strong memory, and a good memory, too. Yeah, you, it's crazy. It's, yeah. Right. When you're in it, it can be a drag, you know, but it is such an experience, such a shared experience with a bunch of people that uh, it never really, the memory is just really strong. The next one uh, will definitely be interesting. Sure, but we have not been playing that lately, and uh, we've been, BG Undead's the main one, Connor's events, but let's talk about uh, today's topic, which yeah. is game design. <laughs> um, I have to admit, I personally don't know much about this, but I'm surrounded by two experts who are going to weigh in on this uh, topic. I, d- I don't know about experts. Oh, I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I... That's what <laughs> it is for a living. I, it is what I do are. for a living, yeah, but it's... You are an expert at a very specific type of game design. Absolutely. Yes. You hone in. I believe that you (laughs) hone in on efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What you want to tell? You want to tell us about your uh, your methods? Yeah. So I I'll I'll start kind of at the beginning. So what started this this whole the dark club started in my house basically, and the gameplays we came up with there kind of transferred into what we do at the dark club. So eventually, what happened was we started with complicated games and then we eventually brought in targets and we came up with a gameplay at my house so I've since moved but 
I had a small house in Ferndale, Michigan, and there was like a main floor, upstairs, and a basement. And basically, we had an offensive team and a defensive team. We called this game Nerf Slayer. That's just what we <laughs> called the night and yeah. the, the, our, the one gameplay we played. So it's called Nerf Slayer, basically an offensive team and a defensive team. Offensive team's goal, they start, well, they start upstairs. Their goal is to shoot down all the targets on the main floor, which are all set up in the kitchen. And you can't cross the threshold, which is the, the carpet in the kitchen tile. That's <laughs> the center line. You can't cross that. Uh, the defensive team's goal was to stop them from doing that. And basically, if you were shot in the offensive team, you just had to run up the stairs and run down the stairs. Defensive team, if you were shot, you had to run down the stairs, touch the washer or dryer, run up the stairs. But the defensive team's goal is to stop them from doing that within two minutes, which we set in the microwave. And nice. it was ah. very intense, and it was oh, a heck of a workout, running up and down stairs. Now, did you come up with those goals of running up the stairs or running down the stairs and hitting the washer and dryer? Was that, like, did you come up with that the first time and it worked from no, the, the start? F- so the first thing we did, so it actually started off as a, uh, a drinking game. And it was three of us. Great things too. Yeah, and we and so this was like my reintroduction into Nerf as from the gap of from childhood basically. So I was at Target. We were gonna get Christmas lights for the house. Go walk across the Nerf section, and I see there's like a buy one get one free sale and of equal or lesser value. And I go, whoa, what is that? And I'm looking at the Centurion. Looking back, obviously, oh it's like the worst Nerf gun of all time. Oh, oh it's so bad. And so it's huge. It's yeah. yeah. So we're like, what the heck? And we're like, well, we're not not gonna buy this. So <laughs> bought them, took them back to the house. We learned, and we didn't get extra ammo or anything like that. So the game didn't last very long. But the gameplay we came up with, which was pretty cool. So basically, you had an unopened beer, full beer. And then you had a can that was on a shelf above you, and you had like your own like corner, basically, and with furniture turned over and stuff. And there's three of us. So basically, your goal was to shoot down the target, one of the opponent's targets. If you did, then you can open your beer up and drink it as fast as you can. But once you get shot, you got to stop drinking. So the goal, and then it resets. So the goal is to be the first one to finish their beer. And when you open your beer, there's, like, no boundaries. You can run around the house. You can run out the stairs and, like, you're spilling the beer all over yourself. <laughs> it was fun. But we found it was, like, none of us want to drink that much beer that fast. And it was, yeah. like, it turned into, like, te- Nerf Slayer, which became, we just had some oh, beer in between games. This and, sounds like college. Dad. It felt like college. This, well, this, this was uh, like seven years ago, I think. Wow. This was, like, around after college-ish. Wow. But yeah, but that was around the time where we're like we can't, we don't drink beer fast, so it's something we do in between. We're doing hardcore workouts while pounding beer, and it's like, which I guess you could say is what happens at the dark club at night sometimes with these corporate outings. <laughs> so this this is the complete opposite of how I got my into it. Uh, the opposite, you say? Because <laughs> I got my end planning my son's birthday party. Oh. I think it was like my, his sixth birthday party because okay. he decided that. He wanted a Nerf birthday party. Yeah. So we got some Nerf blasters. And in our, my backyard, I basically built what you have in the arena. I pulled out a bunch of random plywood and stuff out mm-hmm. of the garage. And I'm pounding slats of wood into the backyard. And I built bunkers and, and all sorts of... Like I had like uh, you know random pieces of countertop that we had pulled out of the backyard. And Perfect. Like three or four bunkers and we had I don't know probably 15 20 kids over and and so I had to come up with game designs for that so we had capture the flag and oh, yeah. 
you know, and I, I think I, I uh, researched how to do like a obstacle course. So I, I did like a Star Wars themed obstacle course where I had a couple of our friends uh, put on stormtrooper masks and they had nice. to navigate the obstacle That's course. That's a good idea. And they, yeah. and they shot down solo cups. It's for, for Han Solo. Hello? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. There we go again. Yeah. So <laughs> pumped up today. So, so what what blasters did you use for that so, one? So for the the Star Wars ones, we had the um, the stormtroopers. I got a couple of the stormtrooper pistols and the the stormtrooper uh, the one that's the knockoff of the um, the. Uh, um, oh, was it the Death Trooper blaster that had the three in the end? No, it looks just like the stormtrooper blaster. It's the knockoff of the. Uh, um, not the Raider, the uh, the Rampage. Um, oh. Uh, I thought that's the Death Trooper. Um, hmm. No, it's got the side-loading magwell, and it's actually a decent blaster. Super-duper not sure. <laughs> so it, it, it pump primes in the front. It's got a little short little stock on it. It's a decent blaster. Hmm. Um, so we use those, and then um, uh, the Strife I was talking about in our last podcast, that's actually what I ran, although it didn't have... All the cool any internals. upgrades yeah, or anything. It, it, uh, what I, made I, you pick the strife? Um, looked good. I would say, do people pick the strife if they don't know? No. Yeah. I I I ran uh, the orange worker stock on it at that point. I think I was running worker wheels and IMRs in it at the time uh, because there were kids, so I didn't want to do too, anything too crazy with it. But uh, you kind of knew a little bit about modding. I, I was just starting to get into it. I think I was watching Dragon Coop at that point. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we uh, so we did the Centurions. And return of the next day because <laughs> they were still like I mean even with buy one get one half off it was like fifty bucks or something like yeah. for two so we returned them we uh, traded them in for rampages and alpha troopers nice and then uh, we ended up getting like the rough cuts it's basically all the elite blasters and uh, then we got what is it the um, extra darts <laughs> darts yeah we <laughs> we did, I didn't know about the off brand darts or maybe there weren't a lot of them at the time but we just bought them in the store which were expensive it was like 75 darts for 20 bucks or something Ooh. so we would buy a bunch of those and basically the rule was if you wanted to come over you had like donate a blaster basically or bring like a pack of darts yeah. um, and we would just do like three on three battles I think the most we did was four on four I can't stress enough how small my house was. See, that but actually sounds about right. It was actually. fun, though, and that's where I kind of came up with the idea. It was like, you don't really need a big space for a Nerf War, and you've been to my old location. It's It wasn't very big no. for what the type of gameplays we were doing, which evolved from being complicated to keeping it simple and efficient and keeping games under two and a half minutes, and there's like a sweet spot for here how long games should last. Because a lot of our blasters are front-loading, so you run out of ammo quick, but if you have a lot of blasters out there. But either way, there's usually a lull in between games, in a game where it's like, all right, this has officially gone too long, and people are reloading, and yeah, the, yeah. the momentum it of the slows. game. Yeah. You want the game to go about two minutes, two and a half minutes, and end on like a bang, basically. Just yeah. like yeah. a lot of action, and just keep things moving. I have a question yeah. about this, because there's there's an aspect of it that you keep to this day, and that's the line. You said the... the, the change between the carpet and the kitchen. Yep. You you had a line they couldn't cross. Yes. Um, it was that to was that because people could then just go in the kitchen to just knock the cups down? Yeah, exactly. Down? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. so like our team slayer, which is the most similar one to that, except of, instead of a defensive team and an offensive team, it's just two offensive teams and you're trying to shoot down the targets on the opponent's side. 
Uh, those games can go quick, just like at my house. Like I think our world record was like three seconds or something. Whoa. There was a lot of a lot of cans that were set up, but it's a lot of just good offense and defense being played. So how do you keep the? How do you do the defense then? Could you so, flank it all in that place in that location? It was basically everyone sprint to the middle. It was a narrow house, yeah. so it's like once you had control of like the middle area, it was like game over. Depending on what side you were in, I got you. Um, so it's like whoever's the first one to the kitchen, basically, and that's basically it. Someone good with suppressing fire. We try to keep it even with like the types of blasters on each side, like the exact same setup. Same with the, the dark club. We provide all the blasters, and they're just like they start off neat in the arena on top of the bases, but they eventually end up everywhere and probably slightly uneven as the party goes on. But we try to keep it as even as possible as far as the types of blasters we have. And then we got into. I'm blanking on the name. The um, the automatic elite blaster. The rapid strike. Rapid strike. So we ended up getting those, and my engineer friends did kind of a janky job of like modding them, but they were <laughs> modded and they and they shot like you remember seeing that that wire job or whatever. I have one um, that's broken. That yeah. I, I wanted to do uh, a video on eventually, and then I I opened the battery tray and saw there was a. Instead of having, you know, D batteries in there or C's or whatever it uses, there was just a little four, like a four pack of, of uh, AA battery holders that were soldered onto the spring wire connections. Like, ooh, yeah. okay. That's, and, a, that's a top engineer at four. four <laughs> you got one of those too. You gave me one too. Yeah. yeah. I want yeah. I wanted to do one for a video later, but because they're just, they're hilarious. I can't wait to open it up and see what else is in there. Just know I didn't do that, but it's probably. <laughs> Way better than I would do. I mean, <laughs> if I did attempts. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the thing. He did it with what he had. Yeah. yeah. He probably did it as way cheaper than how you would fully modify a blaster these days. So. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there are people out there that have have done way scarier first time mods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did he put like tape around the wheels? I never heard anybody doing this. I don't. I don't know why. But if you just put duct tape around the wheels, it might sound bad. But I've heard of e tape. Yeah, I mean, or E-tape, you know, any of that. I wonder if you could just put electrical tape around the wheels. I've heard of that being... What does that do? It just, just makes it grippier. skinnier, just, so... Yeah, it just so makes more crush on the dart. Yeah, oh. so it squeezes the dart more and shoots it faster. Because that's what we're okay. doing with all these, you know, updated, yeah, modified blasters, is we're just crush. putting the wheels closer gotcha. together and, and putting the, you know, the size of the wheels matters too, but, you know, they just squeeze the dart more and more and more until the head flies off. <laughs> there you go. Pretty much. Something called Eclipse that just rips them off or shoots them really hard one or the other nothing in the middle or both but yeah did you have any anything else you wanted to go with on there ah uh, just the how the business has evolved we started off with complicated gameplays and they just didn't work a lot of the information to give to people is done in the beginning or as we go on and it has to be done really fast because just like me most people have a short attention span and mm -hmm. it's like got to get the info to them adults and kids and with the kids you have to be very like animated too to keep their like attention as well uh, but yeah, it's a lot of just like, here's how the guns work. Here's how the complicated guns work. We're starting with team deathmatch. Team red's over there. Blue's over here. You can move these bins around wherever you want. This is the gameplay. Mm -hmm. Go. Give you guys a couple minutes to get set up, and then. How do you? What's your counting off the teams method? How do you? Do you let them choose? I go no, no. I don't care what if it's adults or kids. It's I choose them. Red, blue, red, blue. Captains is never a good idea, even with adults. It's just... Yep. Even if they're repeat customers? Uh, I mean, if they're repeats, that's fine. Um, yeah, that's, diff that's different. Yeah, if it's repeat customers, usually repeat customers eventually become, like, friends. 
that <laughs> come yeah. to the Dart Club. <laughs> but yeah. And then it's a little bit more looser structure. We do the same gameplays and stuff like that, and it's all done the same, but I... I have a lot more flexibility with what people want to do. So a lot of times lately I've been blocking off a lot of like Friday nights just because you get like sometimes you get a 30th birthday party and they're either hit or miss if I think they're just like the best party ever or sometimes mm-hmm. they have a little too much to drink and they're I'm, yeah. not, I'm not enjoying it so much but Taking they still advantage. have a good time but it's not something I look forward to doing but where was I going with that? You wanted to have a life, so you took you got rid of Friday night parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if it's a repeat customer saying, "Hey, like, do you have anything this day or this night?" and it's I've blocked it off, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's worth it. I'll do that because yeah. they're a fun group." Inside tip right there. See? Yeah. If you are fun, I'll accommodate. <laughs> that's <laughs> you're, funny. <laughs> you're nice people. Nice. So yeah, that's I, that's where you are today. Basically. Yeah, it's it's evolved, but it's a very pretty simple concept. And so when you're uh, when you're coming up with your game designs, you definitely tend to err on the side of uh, keeping your rules simpler. Then, hundred percent. So when I first started off, I was like, all right. So like, there's the target game, and then I used to have like different colored targets where that were harder to hit, and if you shot one of those down, then it unlocked like an automatic gun and all kinds of stuff. And which sounds the, pretty cool. It but... sounds cool, but it. If it, it would work with like like a Z13 type night with that crowd who are you know they're really into it and they they have the creative mind and they're, they're the attention span. the attention span too mm-hmm. but yeah when you have like a group of like even just a corporate outing or something they're just ready to start shooting each other so it's like let's get them out there even so, even like some of the game plans I have like I'm really good at explaining them but like my staff like humans versus zombies is a like kind of complicated one and if you don't like say it like right it it just gets confusing for both parties kind of right it's just keeping it simple and i i sometimes think simple is just the best um for what i'm doing uh with the blasters i have the size of the arenas i have Mm -hmm. but yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense you know you're coming from it you're you have a different perspective because like you said basically what i'm doing is i'm trying to give you the most out of a 90-minute session for Nerf Wars with a little bit of variety. So how it starts off, starts off with games like if you're shot, you're out, then there's games like where you respawn, you're going for targets, and there's humans versus zombies. So it's like kind of like a video game where you start off with like level one where it's simple, and then you add like one more thing to it, and then you add a different part to it. and The less you have to and then And then you do something, and then there's like usually a break in the middle, and then when you come out, it's like four-team elimination, and then it, it's just like every gameplay... It's different. It's like the arena. People a lot of times when people come in, they're like, "Oh, is this it? Like, is this the arena?" But it's like it changes. It. it I think it feels almost like you're in a different arena for different gameplays, depending on mm-hmm. how you move the barriers around and stuff like that. But it's just each gameplay is a different atmosphere. We have different music for certain gameplays, like humans versus zombies. We do Halo music and stuff like that. At my old location, we could turn the lights off and. And that and have like a couple lights on, but this place we have a lot of natural light, so it doesn't work out yeah. as well. Except for now at night, it's getting darker earlier. But yeah, Maybe so you can roll get that a little in. creative, but cool. Yeah. So, I mean, Z one three creates an interesting um, venue for me to create for because let's give a let's give a quick background on Z one three. So all right, so yeah. Z one three started as. Um, 
the suburban Detroit Nerf clubs, um, a bunch of us getting ready for end war. It was our end war prep night. Um, a bunch of us got together here at the Detroit Dark Club so we could uh, test our loadouts, um, talk some tactics, and uh, you know, and and even just some logistical stuff uh, as uh, those of us who were getting ready to go down to end war. Um, and, and share tips for people who hadn't gone before and just, uh, you know, put our heads together and, and um, you know, talk before we actually get went together down there. Um, and uh, in addition to sharing and, and, and testing and, and, and doing that, we had an absolute blast. And, and so it, we decided to start making it a regular thing. And so um, we're getting ready to have our... Uh, fourth gathering, our third, uh, what we have cl dubbed Club Z13. Detroit is uh, the area code is 313, so we called it Club Z13, as in like the zombies have taken over uh, a fictitious nightclub called Club 313. Have you seen the start of The Walking Dead? No. Oh well, like Atlanta, you know, it's kind of the the backdrop of. The Walking Dead. Oh. And so they take over the big city. This is kind of like our well, version. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I have. Yeah, and yeah, the goes, he goes into the hospital and don't open dead inside. Yeah, yeah. so this is kind of like our version. Yeah. So, um, and and what I've been doing is every um, every time we get gather, you know, I, I started by coming up with four or five just very basic um, game types. And, and, and the the um, the first ones we started were just um, variations on what we what we did at that end war prep night. We did uh, just uh, we started out doing um, player versus player, and when you got tagged out, you turned into a zombie. That way, uh, we started out using or like uh, getting to test our loadouts on each other, and uh, then there was a zombie element so that uh, people could uh, you know worry about you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, fast-swapping mags while they were dealing with... Yeah. Uh, and know, we could practice of, being you know, zombies, yeah, right? And, yeah, and practice <laughs> being zombies. But you had to worry about, you know, staying out of, uh, um, you know, closing range and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we dealt with, um, you know, you know some... Uh, we had a mission where we had to uh, move into an area and um, uh, deal with a certain objective. I think it was basically the... Uh, the fierce mission from uh, End War 2017, uh, where they were over in the uh, the alleyways, um, is where I stole that mission from. Yeah, here it was uh, the four different arenas, and there were targets that had to be taken out in each of the four arenas right. in a free-form environment. Yep, so right. we, we kind of call that uh, demolition, so the idea is uh, each of those cones is a, uh, um, a self-destruct device in a different part of the warehouse. So, um, you know, as, uh, as these different uh, game types have evolved, um, uh, you know, the idea is that we're creating various different, very easy, very quick game types that uh, we can rotate out and keep things fresh. And then uh, each time we, we gather, I'm trying to implement a new game type that uh, we'll be able to... to uh, you know, substitute in, take one out, um, and that way uh, the game types are always staying fresh so that, uh, you know, when you come next time, okay, well, I, you know, I didn't really care for that one, so I was going to sit that one out if we decided to play that one this time. Oh, we're not playing that one, so. Um, 
So this time, I've, uh, the one that we're going to, the Z13 that's going to happen this, uh, this upcoming week uh, is going to implement a uh, Hunger Games style. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, is this, the, this is the new game, yeah, right? The, the new, new one. one. So, it's, so uh, one thing Tim does is he tries to at least incorporate. Unless I unless I didn't hear this, you you try to incorporate one game that's new every time. Yep, one game that's new every time, and so something that we did last time won't get played this this uh, upcoming time. Um, and then once we get, I don't know, maybe ten or so, then I I, I may stop designing uh, one new one every time and and. Rotate. What if we have like a, a big wheel with all the favorites? Yeah, and we just... absolutely could do that. Spin the wheel of. Uh, I think that'd be cool. The wheel of morality. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Wheel of morality. We'll have a bunch of props <laughs> as it moves on. Yeah, Probably awesome. get like those four by eight foot sheets. You see, I stenciled the logo on. I feel like we could get like some reddish brown paint and like get our hands nice and yeah, wet and just awesome. just make. Yeah. And we can just like friends. lean them against the walls and stuff for those nights. Yeah. And then. Uh, <laughs> The other thing that I've been doing with this is every game type I come up with, I've been doing a backstory. And I kind of stole this idea. Um, several of my friends um, are really into Dungeons & Dragons role-playing, like, um, like, like living role-playing. So they go to conventions and, and like even have um, live interactives. And um, so they develop like ongoing storylines where like their characters um the the um game they participate in one convention that storyline carries over to the next convention so they're always developing continuing storylines so that's that's kind of been my idea for what we're doing here at z13 so developing storylines that kind of lead into each other and it, it's just kind of backstory flavor text for these various game types that we're developing so like we have a um vip escort mission and <laughs> um, one of our members thrifted a john cena mask and as a joke we i was the vip for that mission so i put on the john cena mask and i wrote that into the backstory for that for that mission that the VIP was Dr. Cena. So now all of the backstory that deals with the scientist and, and the, the, the scientist's lab talks about Dr. Cena. So um, in various spots we talk about like the, uh, the zombies having overrun Cena labs or yeah. um, Cena labs cool. taking people who have been infected off of the streets. So... Um, all of the the different game types that we've been developing have these backstory little tidbits, and it's it's kind of akin to what you would see in uh, World of Warcraft, where you know you, you walk up and you talk to a, uh, you know just a random person to get a quest, and you, and you get a little bit a uh, tidbit of uh, information out of the world. Um, so there's uh, you know just we're building a, a backstory to the world, but yeah, Tim does a really good job with the storylines. We're still getting that gameplay. I feel like so this is like a field microphone i feel like for the next podcast or whatever this point, fits yeah. in like i could have this out and get some you going over some gameplays yeah. maybe just like get some chatter of people at the i don't know yeah i like that idea we get some live get some live like stuff. a live this thing, thing yeah. that should do a really it's good job right it. it is yeah yeah so you betcha yeah look at that that'd be a good one but yeah, yeah. you guys got to hear some of the gameplays it's good so one of the things that i do to make sure that i don't kind of uh 
like it's got like a note like you don't yeah so I, I try to make sure that I don't uh, um, you back don't... backtrack on anything that I've I've said elsewhere so I have like a, a you, notes... you're building your canon yeah right I, you're yeah, building, yeah so I I don't want to um, uh, what's what am I trying to Doctor Cena can't be both alive in one game yeah. and be dead in okay. another game. Yeah, I, I don't want to... Um, <laughs> yeah, he, Dr. Cena is alive right now. Yeah. I just thought of something. What, have you ever thought about making a YouTube channel and going over the gameplay? It's like, what if Z13 becomes this huge thing that everyone wants to do? Well, and then Saturday night, you post, post a video live, or the already recorded video, and everyone across the country is like <laughs> doing Z13, and they're like, they get all the notes, like, shoot, all right. This is it. Yeah, it could be. What are they? What are they called in um, Dungeons and Dragons? The guy who runs the whole thing. The dungeon master. The dungeon master. Yeah. So it could be the zombie master. Or could something be. Like that. Yeah, that's something. To something think to think about. about. Yeah, we'd have to spend like an entire day acting out the cutscenes. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I'd be so down to do that. Yeah. Consistency. That's what I was looking for. I want to make sure that our storyline is consistent across all of the uh, the backstories. So. Yeah, it's cool. You have. And what you can't see here, I'm just going to outline. He's got something called the Storyline Canon Notes. And, and he's got something about the colony, that uh, if there's a colony in that case, the Cena Labs. These are you know locations that can be implemented in the game types. A rival colony, so you have your survivors versus your rivals. And the zombies, like what's happening for each one. He's got notes for them so that they all know, you know what, the com what the conditions are for each of them. Just keeping track of different things that we've created in our backstory. So, you know, the, the game types are, are pretty uh, basic in our, uh, you know, the, the games are very simple, but, uh, you know, creating this backstory has been uh, where I've really uh, gotten into this. It's cool. Well, are we going to talk about um, thoughts about a new game? Yeah, so um, I've kind of got a, the basics for the game I want to implement for what will end up being our October game. Um, let me tell you what I've got, and then tell me tell me your thoughts. So, what I want to implement. So, our we've got a variation on Trouble in Terrorist Town, where that deals with the and it's called Infection in the Survivor Infection Colony. Infection in the Survivor right? Colony, yep. and and it's a variant where instead of terrorists, we're dealing with the survivors coming back, and instead of terrorists, there is possibly somebody that has come back and bitten and now there's uh infected people in the survivor colony and the storyline behind that is you're coming back to the survivor colony after a resource gathering mission so my idea was that this new game type is that resource gathering mission mm -hmm. so i wanted to use the arenas and have our our humans out in the resource gather or out in the arenas gathering resources and so i was on amazon and i found these foam balls and my thought was, there's four different colors um, for our listeners out there. And my idea was you know, that uh, a couple of the colors could be resources, food and uh, fuel for the, for the colony. For, uh, um, so let's lay them out, right? Let's, okay. uh, let's, let's do an example. Yeah, so so um, food. What color, what color is food? So th there's four different colors. There's yellow, there's red, there's blue, and there's green. Um, and I was thinking that we would have two colors that would be for the humans, 
And then there would be one color that would be for the zombies, and that could represent collecting brains. Brains. And I, I don't know what we would use the fourth color for, and I, and I, I've got a couple ideas, and, and we can we can feel free to that. scream at your podcast listening device right now what that color should be, <laughs> or you know leave it so, in our five star review. Um. So, my thought was. In various spots in the arena, we'll have bins that the humans need to collect these foam balls out from, very, you know, just have the balls scattered in the arena. And we have some humans start, or we have some players starting as humans, some players starting as zombies. And the do humans. You, do you have an idea about the ratio there at all? I don't yet. And something we have to kind of. Yeah, figure that, out. that's something we'll have to work through and figure out. But um, the humans need to collect, and there's, I have two packages of these, so there is. Six of each color. Mm -hmm. So the humans would need to collect a certain amount of food, a certain amount of fuel, and the zombies would need to collect um, a certain amount of the brains. And my thought was if a zombie collects a brain, they could then use a power-up, a noodle or a shield. Mm, okay. And then if they can collect all of the brains, then they could get their boomer. Mm, yep. Okay. And then... They, they're trying to unlock a boomer. Right. Okay. And then I think if the humans can get all of their food and all of their fuel, then they win. Yeah, because they would need to escape, perhaps? or Yeah, so they, they need to get in, get their stuff, and get out before the zombies get them. Mm -hmm. And these are going to be distributed around the arena? You're scattered around the arena, okay. right. So someone has to scatter them who is semi-uninvolved. Or... Do the zombies scatter them before the humans mm. move in? That's uh, that probably makes the most. That's sense. a good idea. The zombies get Are to place protecting them. Yeah, get to place the items, and the humans get to place the brains. Yeah, and so I don't know. Do you think that a two two to one ratio, two two humans for every one zombie? Yeah, because we want the game to uh, to continue to keep moving. So you know. More zombies than than usual would be good. More starter zombies than usual. But no, it's now here's something though. Do they turn or yeah? Are zombies going to be allowed to place their own collection right. points because hmm. they're going to be able to just rush and grab them? So maybe that's maybe they do need to be placed in the zombies. The collection points. Well, I mean, so the yep. the, the green balls. If those are the brains, for instance. Well, the green balls. Ideally, we'd make the the humans would place the the brains, the green balls, right? And so maybe the, it does need to be like a moderator puts all the balls in, and then everybody yeah. moves in at once, and then we start the game. Okay, um, or someone who you know promises to be neutral. Yeah, yeah. There will be, because there are people who can act like adults and not cheat. Just pick someone who's responsible, and. Uh, and can can put it there. Right. Another option might be that um, that we have you know up to six brains. The brains could be on the humans. Oh, hidden hidden among the humans. Yeah. And if the zombies mm -hmm. get those humans, oh, I like that. Idea. Then they hand them the brain. Yeah. yeah they hand them the brain. If that's they, a good idea. If they nom, I like that. If they nom those humans. Yeah. So they're like valuable humans that they need to. Right. And then, then there's a VIP aspect to that as well. It's something to consider. Maybe not for the first one, but yeah. But a variant. So all right. So we've discussed. Say all right. So let's say that blue is food and red is fuel. What are the yellow balls? Is that a wild card? Maybe we have like one yellow ball out there. 
<laughs> the golden gun. The golden yes. brain. So, we said brains. Yeah, so okay. green is brains, red is food, and blue is fuel, or vice versa. Sure. Does well, we just had one yellow, and it's a wild card. Well, I was thinking, you know, because if there's only six brains out there, if there's only, you know, if they need to collect all, if they need to collect six food and six fuel, mm-hmm. and there's only those six out there, that could take, you know... Could take a while. Could take could. a while. But if there's also six yellow out there, that could count as any of the three resources that both teams are trying to sure. secure. Then that might speed the game up in either direction. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, wild. The wild right? option. And maybe there maybe there's only three yeah. wild out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true also, yeah. Uh, that sounds like a great way to start it. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of the wild. You you know, it's more of it. It's a bit more video gamey. We should probably come up with a name for it though. You know, the magical mystery food, something. Proto matter. Proto matter. Doctor 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 stem cells. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't see them. <laughs> uh, they're banned everywhere but here. Uh, okay, so we need okay. a we need a name, yeah, protoplasma stem yeah. cells, something like that, yeah. something that's sure to offend as many people as possible. <laughs> so, um, and then something. So when I mentioned this to you, I I had mentioned that I want to have baskets, and you mentioned something about having the baskets color coded. You, you, did you? Yeah, so that way, if you color code them, you just know what goes in each one. We talked about putting like a like a piece of paper tape to each one that has the color of the ball, so people know where to put them. Makes it easier to see how many are in each one. Yeah. Um, simple, just a simple piece of paper or something like that would would keep them organized. It's also not necessary, but also it helps with people giving a, a visual indicator um, of what colors they're supposed to be collecting. I also have, uh, I think I have electrical tape in all four of these colors. Okay. So maybe I can just put a band of electrical tape. I'm also happy to print it. Okay. Well. um, Yeah. So we'll we'll have to report back on how that one goes. Okay. And see what adaptions and what adjustments needed to get made. Yeah. But I've got I've got some good ideas for this one now. I'll work out uh, some some final adaptations on this. But uh, at what point is this going to be? Towards the beginning or the end or well, th- this is one that uh, we can probably slot in anywhere. Like the the Hunger Games is going to take a little bit of setup, so that'll probably be one that we run first. That makes know? sense. Yeah. Um, this one I can probably slot in pretty much anywhere. So. Okay. Cool. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your guys' input on this. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to talk all this out, and yeah. uh, you know, we can um, do it on the Discord sometimes yeah. too. Just, uh, just a real quick to give you guys some uh, insight into where I kind of got the insight into this, or some the inspiration for this one. There is a board game um, called Dead of Winter, and uh, it deals pretty much with what we're doing at Z13, and it it essentially is a board game that deals with a zombie survivor colony in a abandoned town in in the middle of winter so essentially it's a it's a zombie game in in the heart of, of Detroit yep essentially and so this is the board and uh, if you guys ha- aren't familiar with the board game Dead of Winter look it up on uh, you know Google it and and the main board is the survivor colony and there's a main objective and um, you have the spot to put your colony occupants and um, your ma- uh, waste pile or crisis so you got like tokens and cards yep you're 
and then you have these uh, other little um, boards that go around it that are the different um, buildings in the town, the library, the hospital, the police station. And then there's a small deck of cards that go on each of those small buildings. And in that deck of cards, your survivors go out and they search through those. And in that deck of cards are things like food and fuel and weapons and medicine, junk, medicine um, things like that, that the survivors can then use to fight the zombies, feed your survivors, things like that. So that's kind of where I got the idea for this game. So I think that uh, we're, we're running a little bit long, uh, so let's do a couple shout-outs, but make it quick. You guys good with that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'll just go ahead and start. Um, I, I watched, uh, I've been watching a couple more Bradley Phillips videos. Um, I just, I love watching the science behind him testing out the different darts and combinations. And he's done so many of them. I'm doing a little catch-up uh, to find out what the best darts are for my prophecy and Caliburn, although he's not testing Caliburn, so... But the science behind it, you can make an informed decision when you watch a few of his videos. Uh, and the one thing I'm excited about is he is making his own worker full-length darts to test out in an FDL-3 that's headed his way. So that is going to be some interesting content when it comes out. Yeah. What you got, Tim? Uh, I want to make a shout-out to three people, actually. Uh, Alice Coat Duck, uh, I think it's Thanicles, and <laughs> Tobu. Uh, all three of which have recently put out uh, files for alternatives to the uh, um, katana? jet katana mags. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we now have um, community-made alternatives to the katana mags is just amazing. Um, as soon as I have the opportunity, I, I really want to try all three of these out. Um, the, the Vorpal... Uh, really is interesting to me, but I also want to try out the the Kathana. Is that how you say it? The Kathana? I think Kathana so, because I think he's Thanticles or whatever. Is that Kathana? Kathana? Yeah. Sure. Kathana. <laughs> I don't know. And the, the Katobu. All, all three of them look amazing. So I, I really am looking forward to trying all three of these out and, and see. And, and the fact that you can use uh, Foam Blast's drum springs. Yeah, I don't see why people haven't figured that out already. Like that, maybe they have. Maybe they have because I haven't seen every single thread on every single internet location. But that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, shout out to all three of you because just amazing. Thank you. Yeah, killing it. Thank you. I'll make mine quick. I want to shout out to Neil from Phone Dart Thunder. He sent me a little package, T-shirts, some stickers, and stuff like that. Check out his YouTube channel. It's Phone Dart Thunder. They're doing a big event coming up. Uh, he does huge Nerf Wars in, like, football stadiums and other big venues. Also, Beret hitting 10K on YouTube. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Everybody, I hope you guys have a great weekend, assuming we get this uploaded in time. Um, we are heading off into the rest of our week, getting ready for Club Z13, and we'll be sure to tell you about how it goes on the next episode of Detroit Dart Talk Podcast. For Tim and Connor, this is Eric signing off. And also, don't forget to check out our Instagram. That's Detroit Dart Talk on Instagram, at Detroit Dart Talk. Have a great weekend, guys.